Kill Martin, he was leading with love. Knocked the Black Panthers off the map. You know they couldn't see us with guns. Fred Hampton in a pool full of blood. So many assassinations in the nation. We on the run, but I won't run no more. Standing fighting the war. Organized my truth to shoot the truth right through the core. Kicking the door when you lock me out. They seeing score after score and they trying to stop me now. But they call me Brown. Ain't no justice from the outside. That's only within. If more of our people see it that way, then we gon' win. I mean, we already won, but fell in the victimhood. Got disconnected, miseducated, and so misunderstood. Wish I could heal the world if I had one wish. Was pissed growing up, finding out Jenny's didn't exist. That was Freedom Fighter, one of the tracks off Louis Blaze's album. He'll be joining us later on Bearing Witness. Broken down from a systematic strategy. Diplomatic leaders colonizing nationalities. Bearing Witness, part of the Racial Reckoning Project, is a reflective dive into the week's events unfolding in this season of racial upheaval and, we hope, change. I'm Anthony Galloway, Executive Director of the Arts Us Center for the African Diaspora. And I'm Georgia Fort, an independent journalist. A good poet feels what his community feels. Like if you stub your toe, the rest of your body hurts. Gil Scott Heron. We've come through decisions, and now we are coming to a moment where not only have we come off of the mountaintop of a momentous decision that has changed history, but also yet even more death at the hands of police officers as we wade into the prosecution of the officer in the Dante Wright case and the other officers in the George Floyd case, amongst others that are happening across the nation. Truly at this time, folks are gathering to figure out what levers can be pulled to make changes. If this week's press conference with the governor was any indication, one of the things that we have to do is to recognize that the answers, that the opportunities for change have been in front of us many times before from the very communities have been hurt, but those have been ignored. This is the moment where we need our artists. We need our community to be able to speak things into existence, not just at the legislature, not just in terms of policy, but how do we take care of ourselves? It has been the moments like this, the moments like we are facing right now, where our artist's voice have spoke and spoke well. Even Tupac in his high school English class had a deal with his English teacher that said, if you will write this beautiful poetry that you are writing, at least write on these two particular topics and I will make sure that you get credit for all that you said. And it's in that space that he wrote in his high school English book, the poem, The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Some say there was a rose that grew from concrete, proving nature's laws wrong and learned to walk without having feet. Funny, it seems. It kept its dreams still breathing fresh air. Long lived the rose that grew from concrete when, when no, no one, one else, else even cared. cared. Tupac. Well, Miss Georgia, we've got a lot to talk about. So I want to touch base with you before we bring on an artist who is documenting this moment in many different ways, Mr. Louis Blaze. But let's talk a little bit about the attempts at growing this rose from this concrete jungle we call our legislature this week. Tell, re, help us to recap some of the things, uh, developments or lack of developments that were happening this week. I mean, and there was a lot that happened, uh, but I will say you know, when we're revisiting literature from Tupac, mm. we must remember that we 
are the roses that grew come from on, concrete. Come on. And that we have the resiliency and the strength to make something beautiful out of nothing, out of desperation, uh, and proving nature's laws wrong. Hmm. So uh, I, I think that it, it's important as we move forward in this moment to also understand that it is the community that uh, applied pressure to these different uh, political officials that uh, really got justice, you know, but there is this this time now uh, that as we're moving past the verdict and and assessing like, okay, so guilty on, on right. all charges, but what has really changed? Because there there's the laws are still on the table, right. you know, and and hearing um, from the governor and different lawmakers. Um, <laughs> Who, who said a lot. I mean, it was like an hour and a half press conference, but who really didn't say much either. <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating because we know that we have community leaders like Nakima and Kimberly Handy Jones uh, yeah. and, and so many others who have been fighting for change. Uh, Jaylani Hussein with CARE Minnesota, uh, Jonathan McClellan, I mean, there's so many who have been pushing these bills and it should, why is it this hard? Why is it this hard to get change on a legislative le level? Well, and, and let's talk a little bit about that, right? Because we have multiple things happening right now. We have, you know, even the uh, police federation in Minneapolis released a statement um, calling, you know, calling for an end to political pandering and that there are no winners, even though there's clear winners of accountability for justice from the standpoint of the very community that are being served. And so um, this press conference about trying to push forward these bills in the legislature um, and, and them being passed largely in, in, in the DFL controlled house, but not making it through the Republican led um, Senate is one of the major roadblocks and trying to figure out what it presents and one of the challenges that came up in the circles of conversations that I was having is um, there are community members who are seeing that at this point, compromise is what's being put forward. How do we compromise to get these bills through? Well, compromise to folks in community who are being uh, <laughs> killed in these ways aren't seeing a reason to compromise. And again, we're back to um, that feeling that we talked about in our previous episodes about the announcement, you know, what are, what are we celebrating? And now we're to a space of, again, having to compromise over our own lives and justice. That was some of the feel that I was getting as folks were listening to this press conference by the governor and the, and the attempts to move through legislature. Well, and I think being a person who has really been on the front lines as uh, protesters, community leaders, just people, residents mm -hmm. have applied pressure. We should ask ourselves, why are we almost a year past the death of George Floyd and these bills aren't passed? Mm. And so that's a part of the problem. And, and when you have people who are saying it's bigger than police accountability, this is what they mean. It is the system. It is the way that all of these systems work together to prevent accountability. I think that there, there will be compromise uh, and, and there will be legislation that's passed. 
but we need to double back and we need to look at this process. And I also think that some of uh, the individuals who have been on the front lines uh, pushing for change need to also take note on how this process works and start running for some of those seats. That So <laughs> you get you was in my head, in my head. One of the questions I have for you, Miss Georgia, as as you encounter folks on the street and, and you are, are are getting this pulse, you know, it's a familiar call to go and unseat some folks and to run for, uh, and, and to be a part of this uh, of this process from the inside. One of the growing tensions that I'm also finding is a disillusionment that the process can even work if folks already had that distrust of our court system delivering justice, you know, maybe there's some hope that's been gained from this now, but I'm also getting sentiments from folks who are saying, what are, what are ways to get what we need outside of um, the system that many folks don't trust? There is a huge distrust that the legislative process will deliver any result. I mean, I think that that distrust is, is valid and, and I have encountered that. And so, you know, it makes me think of a recent interview that Angela Davis did uh, with Angela Davis. And uh, for the first time, I heard somebody really break down um, abolishing something in, in a way that I think could make sense to everyone. Angela Davis, uh, the iconic civil rights leader, she talked about reforming slavery. <laughs> <laughs> And how so many people at that time in that era were saying it's not broken, it just needs to be reformed. And now being on the other side of it, that sounds absurd. It sounds <laughs> crazy. And it was this kind of aha moment uh, really about the systems that have been designed to uh, keep us oppressed. And so, you know, I don't know what the answer is. And, and I think that our community, uh, we've presented a lot of solutions, done a lot of the labor work to uh, push these solutions forward, but we're not the ones who are holding up these solutions from being um, implemented. And so uh, this community, the metro area, really has to uh, examine itself if, if people are saying we have a problem, we, we don't want the civil unrest again, we don't want this to keep happening, you need to identify uh, where the solutions are, are being held up. I had this conversation with my, my neighbor across the alley the other day. I've had proximity to folks who've died of COVID, um, both in family and in terms of community. Even one of the co-hosts of Counter Stories, Don Eubanks, his mother passed away from COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in proximity to the those affected. My neighbor was on the fence about getting the vaccine because he has had no contact with anybody affected by it until we talked. And then all of a sudden, the shift happens. As I think about the cities that you just mentioned, there are a whole lot of folks who are holding this up who are in areas who largely can walk through their day unaffected, big air quotes, because the effects do connect. It's just they may not be conscious of it. Um, and in doing so, things like civilian oversight on police agencies, stricter rules for no-knock warrants, restricting traffic stops for expired tabs, <laughs> these suggestions um, have no real human connection 
for first for many folks, at least not consciously. And I'm seeing that a lot of folks who are, who have I keep saying big air quotes, but unaffected are standing up to oppose things that, if passed, also have very little effect on their daily lives. But yet, I want to stand here in this deep opposition. Even thinking beyond the metro area, the state of Minnesota needs to have a racial reckoning. Mm. You tell me who was held responsible for the murders of Clayton Jackson and McGee in Duluth, Minnesota, a mm. hundred years after their death. This is not a new problem. And the performative allyship is exhausting. Mm. And it's holding up our state from being able to move forward, from being able to rest. The Department of Justice has intervened in uh, the, the Minneapolis Police Department and there are rocks that are being overturned. We know also that community leaders have called for the Department of Justice to also investigate the St. Paul Police Department, which they have said is even more deadly than the Minneapolis Police Department. And you have organizations like Communities United Against Police Brutality, uh, founded by Michelle Gross, which have been investigating uh, these deaths for more than a decade and already already have done the investigation. And so, you know, it's it, it comes to a point where it feels like a little um, smoke and mirrors, mm-hmm. for, for lack of a better word, where it, it and it feels very performative and it feels very reactionary. And it's it's the politics. And I mean, at, at some point, Minnesota has to set their politics aside and push forward equitable solutions, period. At what point do you just say enough is enough? Like just, just do now do your job. Everybody else has done their job. I have seen our community exhaust its resources. I have seen uh, people deplete themselves in, in laboring to, to do the heavy lifting. Just get it across the finish line. Just get up and do. You, 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 Miss Georgia, you remind me of an exchange I saw about um, some of the policies in Mississippi. Um, Minnesota and Mississippi battle for the bottom spot in terms of the disparities that exist. And just imagine you have the narrative of Minnesota, again, big air quotes, and the narrative and assumptions about Mississippi. And yet one of the things that we share is a visceral experience for black and brown and indigenous bodies in these two states. One, public and overt. One, historically, much more covert that is now coming to light. That in Mississippi, for a, for a good portion of our slaveholding society time, captive Africans outnumbered whites in Mississippi eight to one. There was devised very brutal slave codes and practices. And the only reason I bring that up is because your point about the people exhausting themselves um, is coming f- is coming full circle for me when you give that example forward and I look at those historical examples. So it's not the lives that are at the center. It is the protection of property. It is protection of current order, which is the exact root of much of our policing in the United States. 
how do we break to to the actual things? What levers do we pull? And that's 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 what keeps coming back from me, to me is we have a whole lot of things that we've tried in the past, but what are the levers we actually have access to now? And that is going to be a central question for a lot of the folks organizing. I mean, I th- I think that the community has uh, really uh, grown this last year. Uh, what I have seen is ecosystems have been developed. I have seen, and we've talked about this often, just how the community has uh, grown to a place where it can take care of itself. Mm. You know, there's a need identified and the need is met within community. And there's communication channels uh, that have been created uh, for people to uh, be able to streamline when they have a need. And the resources have been found within community. And so I think... What is it? Justice delayed is justice denied. Mm. (laughs) You know, the longer it's prolonged, it's just we're figuring out how to be self-sufficient. You know, the quotes just keep coming. You keep flooding my head with quotes, Miss Georgia, um, making all of my history teachers proud. Um, But one that was given to me by one of my favorite professors, um, Professor Keith Mays. always reminds me of Frederick Douglass's quote, and I've heard him speak to this several times in many different places. Um, and that is, um, you know, we do wrong by choice and right by necessity. That has been part of our hallmark in America. And you have a whole community who is asking us to do right by choice for human lives. And we're, and, and, and this is just, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that comes to mind as I hear you talk about that is, is, um, you know, in Minnesota, we don't just have this visceral police harm for black and brown communities, but our indigenous communities are also facing one of the, some of the highest rates of missing and murdered women. We have, um, you know, Asian hate proliferating in states across the United States and also conflicts between our communities is that because communities in conflict and trauma tend to hurt the folks around them. It's, it's one of the things that I've heard um, our guests who will be coming on in a moment speak to. And that is, what does that, what does that healing from trauma look like in a solidaritist way? One, one of the ways that we realize our power is through the artists who document this moment. Just as you're bearing witness, Ms. Georgia, on the front lines, on the ground, and journalism, um, I run into this young man over and over again, capturing the moment, even taking up the charge to do a 30-second sermon at a prayer vigil and did it with a partner. It blew my mind because because as a as a preacher myself, that's not easy. We don't we don't do that very easily. <laughs> and so I want to bring in Brother Louis Blaze, and we're gonna bring him in, our guest for today, to talk about how he is being in this moment. Brother Louis Blaze, artist, poet, uh, community healer. First time I saw you, you was heal- helping uh, teach trauma healing tools with Miss Jan uh, Mandela Irreducible Grace Foundation to some of the kids at the Arts uh, Center for the African Diaspora. So, I mean, you wear many hats, um, but welcome, welcome. And I just wanted to check in with you as you heard uh, Miss <laughs> Georgia laying it out for us and helping to, uh, to, 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 to connect some dots for us. What's coming up for you as you were listening to some of that exchange? Yes, yes, yes. The fire has been lit is what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling. And one of the lines that really stood out to me, um, Miss Georgia, was the the um, performance allyship is exhausting. Mm. Right. Um, And as we were speaking of just this struggle with politics and 
the delay and the lack of patience and how honestly, like logically, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, just recently, I found out that Joe Biden in his first day in office, um, he signed a bill that was passed to protect the lives of um, transgender um, individuals. Right. You know, and that's love. That's appreciation. Um, we all deserve to be valued and loved and protected. Um, but I'm, I was sitting there thinking like, wow, where's the bill been at to protect the lives of black people? You know, especially from police, you know, um, genocide, not brutality, genocide. So just seeing the actions of these political figures and hearing the words that they are using and seeing how they are not um, in reflection of each other shows us a lot. Um, Maya Angelou said, when some when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Right. And I remember having the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the first time, you know, uh, I think that's so important. And of course, we want to live in a world that is beautiful, that is colorful, that is diverse. Like that's what make us thrive. I believe the very foundation of our existence is people. Right. You know, people are here to love people, to serve people. And even though we come from different backgrounds, right, different races, genders, um, sexual orientation, cultures, whatever we may come from, if we can learn to, um, I feel like, add understanding and subtract the shame, right? I, I think that's a key, right? Uh, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. We need to see a new, we need to see a new birth of a nation. And that is our nation. That's when we restore ourselves as a people, as a culture, and get back to our identity, our history, right? And heal with one another. While we invest more time and energy into ourselves, into our self-care, into our love, into our healing, and then into our economical structure, we also should be divesting from the systems that are in place right now. And once we hit their pocket, I bet they stop it. You know, <laughs> so, um, you know, um, we, we need to start coming together. Um, I feel like I think the key is in unity, like whatever we do, we need to do it together. And it's most definitely a multidimensional approach, I believe. I don't think the answer is like an either or thing. I think it's both and. And we all play so many roles in this revolution. I want to thank you all and um, commend you for your work and your efforts and being a true um, role model, right? Or like your role in this revolution, and you're being a role model. And I like to say real model because this is in real time and you're very authentic, you're genuine and um, just just true freedom fighters. So I'm honored to be on this show to chop it up with y'all. So Louis Blaze just came on and dropped the mic. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm so proud to have you on with us uh, because, you know, you are representative of uh, the younger generation and uh, you are so equipped uh, with the wisdom of our ancestors and all of the tools needed to uh, bring forth the change that we're, we're talking about. You know, you mentioned something uh, about our community needing to come together. And it made me think of uh, the fractures in the movement that I've observed and witnessed, but never amplify. Because I think that those are things that we need. To, it's like, you know, when your family has a conflict, keep it mm -hmm. in the family, you know, don't go mm -hmm. airing out the dirty laundry. And so sometimes I get story ideas uh, submitted to me about fractures in the movement and I choose not to amplify them uh, because I don't feel like that is my role. 
And I, I'm curious to know, uh, Louis Blaze, and being uh, a youth and being a young man and, and observing uh, how we got here, what do you think would help our community in those areas that have been fractured? Wow, you just hit that right on the spot. I promise you, this has been on my mind and my heart heavy for, for the past few months, actually. I promise you a real story. So I'm a very adaptable person, right? I, I can go into many different spaces. You know, um, I'm, I, I, I give off great energy. I, I love people. I give off respect, right? Very genuine. So that's the energy that's received back to me. And I've been on like both sides of those fractures. Like I've heard, you know, things on this side and I've heard things on this side, but um, I'm genuinely cool with everybody, right? So I personally wanted to create a space where we can begin to, like I said, come together over over a meal, right? Over intention and know that we 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 were trying to find common ground. But another thing that I see with that is really I believe it's rooted in our trauma. I believe I believe it's rooted in something that's like behind closed doors. So like you said, I, I commend you for not um, displaying those things, right? Using the platform to talk about those factions in the community. Um, it made me think about what my mama always told me, like what goes on in this house stays in this house, right? Well, that family, that, that's our rule. So for real, don't, take, put, don't put our business on the street. You know, don't do that because at the end of the day, externally, that's going to make us look even weaker. I, I believe that if we could start to create spaces for individuals to help us begin to process our emotions and our trauma and our experiences and really highlight self-care, at the same time, there has to come a time where me and you can talk to each other and be able to disagree without being disagreeable. And yeah. I believe the the key is in the in the space that is created for us to process that trauma and heal from heal from our experiences. You know, I, I, I so appreciate getting to talk to um, an artist, particularly somebody who works with those words, because one of the things that, that we struggle with throughout this part, this, this, this engagement that we are in this moment that we're in is to put words to the mm. experience. We have energy right now that is not beholden to the way we've done things in the past that says we are in a space about what can we imagine that is new, that isn't bound to what we've always done. It doesn't mean that we lose the wisdom, but we move out of the way to create the new. And I see a whole lot of folks marshalling to defend the old for fear, shame, pity, whatever it is, and not spending any time or giving any energy towards creating, imagining a new, whole new way of being. And I'm I'm finding that fascinating. So as an artist, you know, I'm watching you create and 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 ask and beg folks to imagine the new. Our 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 mentality now as the young generation is like if we not going if we can't sit at the table, right? We about to create our own table, you know, um, and with respect, right, and with grace and peace to our our community members and everything, 
Um, we understand that we have brilliance um, with, with new leaders. That's our second power. And for new leaders, we say the wise are young and the young are wise. And we view this system as a system that's not working for our people. So our mentality is that we're going to build our own system and have something that will be nurturing and be loving and be thriving for our people. I, I think that's really the mentality now is really, like you said, seeing things new. And that's what M4 Collective is all about. New mindsets, new media, new leaders, and new narratives. Being able to get to the other side of our story. And in between that story, one of the biggest roadblocks is fear, right? Mm. So so at M4, we believe in four things. We believe in freedom over fear. We believe in love over hate. We believe in prosperity over pain. And we believe in vict- victor over victimhood, right? And we're very very intentional about the words that we use. We we created what is called the We Will Breathe initiative, where we're no longer using this old language saying, I, I can't breathe, right? That 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 is um um detrimental to our existence. We we view ourselves as seeds. We believe we need to take care of each other and nurture each other, you know, and, and like you said, the rose in the concrete earlier, right? So um, I, I believe that's the energy that we've been having as young people and we've been pushing and it's that fear. It's that fear. But one thing that I'm starting to learn and it really hurts because I'm an empath and I love to serve others and I, I love to just take care of others. One thing that I'm starting to learn is that sometimes you just have to lead by example. So, so you know, that's what it's coming down to, right? We're just going to build our own table, lead by example. As people, we have two things, choice and time. Right. Choice in time without choice in time. What is life during a lot of the civil unrest? uh, There was a lot of conversation that was happening that included this statement. Man, that new generation ain't playing. People said that so much and they said that before it was confirmed who was really out on the streets, who was doing what. There was just this assumption that the the next generation, the younger generation wasn't playing and that they were responsible for uh, this civil unrest that caused the city to stop and pause and ultimately really do something different, right? Being a part of that younger generation, uh, do you feel like it was your peers that uh, really made this city stop and pause? Like, how do you see your generation's role in everything that has unfolded in the last year? I, I believe we most definitely brought a lot of energy. You know, being somebody who is too on the front lines and experiencing things firsthand, um, it was a lot of energy for sure. And at the same time, it was a sense of freedom. You know, you know, for once in our lifetime, we really felt liberated. We felt like we can do anything we want. You know, that's why you see people breaking into stores, doing all these things like, you know, I wasn't looting or anything. I wasn't condoning it neither. Like, I'm not a stealer. I'm not a liar. I'm not th- any of those things. But people had a sense of liberation. And for one, for a moment in our lives, we said, F this system, F these policemen, F everything. We're going to do what we want to do. And honestly, that felt good. And I believe there is a difference between um, reaction and responding. And um, re, re, we did react. And that was based out of emotion, right? Based out of our 
our years of growing up without a sense of belonging. Like um, the number one death for young people between 18 to 24 is suicide for crying out loud. Where we're displaced, there's the school to prison pipeline, you know, there's achievement gaps in the education system, right? Um, there's all of these different things that exist. And it shows that young people in a way are starting to lose hope at a very young age. And that's so that's so heartbreaking to see when when somebody is silenced and sealing for so long, so long, at some time they're going to blow, right? And we, we gave the whispers, right? I believe there's a difference in reacting and responding. And I believe we need to start responding in a manner that is more logical. And we take all of this energy, all of this young energy that we got, and we start to invest it into being a change on a day-by-day basis, where it's not just a moment in time, but we really apply our creativity and our knowledge into some productive things to change. Like I want to see more young people getting involved in these um, city council hearings, right? Getting involved in politics and getting more mature around the land that we live on, because that's another disconnect that I see. And I want to see us to start to um, build a build a bridge in between the generation as well, right? And start to um, humble ourselves to learn more from our elders and, you know, respect those who came before us and, and vice versa. We must understand that we are all teachers and students simultaneously. So I encourage our older generations to start listening to us sometimes, you know, and um, um, so that's some of the day to day work that I want to start seeing with our generations and what we're doing. I, I got this uh, one line I say, uh, well, I'm going to just spit the whole verse, actually. I said, free. Freedom is really knowing yourself free, free. Freedom is taking care of your health free, free, free. Freedom is generational wealth, breaking generational curses and making it out of hell. Born in the hood, feel like I'm hypnotized. See me with my hoodie on and now stigmatized. I really be the truth, you living in a lie. Yes, yeah, fire in the youth, you see it in our eyes. Why? Cause I refuse to be a fool, consumed and used as a tool. Dropped out of school today, I found my purpose in the stew. The truth of the matter is self-expression is liberation. We need progression, more possessions and better payment. I've been breaking the pavement. Freeing folks from the cages by freeing myself They watching and finding this inspiration Champ of the people, we need more of this representation This is for the new generation One minute you're born They take away your cramp Your family is scorned They try to keep you down Everything full circle when it comes back around Is you gonna be another slave building up the town Or take back your crown Have everything reclaimed Then walk into your power Teach youngest to do the same Yeah, they just wanna see us in a box or a grave But look at where we at and how far we the came Yeah, we gonna be free Be free I love it Love it Respect um, we always close our show by checking in with folks and saying, how are you being you in this moment? And as an artist, you just told us. <laughs> but I want to give that extend that opportunity for you to reflect on that in this moment. How are you? Because part of our goal here on Bearing Witness is to check in with community to mark this moment through for our history, right? For our continued wisdom. So how are you, Miss Georgia, Brother Blaze? How are you being you in this moment? This week as we find ourselves. I am being me by embracing uh, my motherhood. Can you say hello? Hi, hello. How are you today? That's my mommy. Hey. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that our society has tried to um, 
strip away uh, even some of the dignity that we have in parenthood and rejecting the European standards that our kids have to be in daycares that is unprofessional to show up in community uh, with our children. And for so so many hours uh, last month, I didn't have my kids with me. You know, and and I'm I'm showing up in meetings and spaces where I know that it's safe to bring them and and being a mom, I am prioritizing work that allows me to show up as my full authentic self, which means that sometimes I do have my kids with me and that's okay. And that's okay. And and they they can uh, learn from uh, the environment that they're in. And they can grow in that environment. And as a woman, you know, to be honest, uh, I have three daughters and I don't want them to uh, lean or depend on their looks to pave a way for them, to pave a path for them. I want them to um, embrace their brilliance. And um, the best way that I can teach them that is to lead by example and show them like, yeah, your mama works hard, you know, and, and I'm working hard to break generational curses. So many people have reached out like, oh, my God, girl, what are you, a 24-hour news um, station? Like, you're working around the clock. And uh, you're not going to be able to do this and help your husband with the gym. And you got the kids and you're doing all these things. But I have to do all these things. Mm. Because I have to break the generational curse. I understand that that's the calling that's on my life. And so if it means that uh, I got to burn the midnight oil, you know, that's what I got to do. And so I'm being mean by uh, embracing my motherhood and, you know, uh, doing what I got to do to to take things to the next level. I'm going to pause right there just to do a human thing because we often move fast and sit with that for a moment, Miss Georgia. Because you just said some very powerful things than embracing that motherhood. But I saw the look on your face because I have the luxury of getting to see your face as we record this. <laughs> um, and just watched, watched a level of relaxation and a, and a level of, of energy and joy that I, had not, I have yeah. not been seeing over these last few weeks. And I got to just pause and say how good it feels to see that on you. So I appreciate just being able to see that on you. Let me just affirm that before we move forward. I'm glad you got that. I'm glad you got them beautiful girls. I'm glad you're doing that work. And I'm glad to see that true joy come on your face like that. I appreciate that. In the midst of our storms, we get to see the joy in each other's faces. That's part of what makes us who we are as an African people. So I appreciate you. Likewise. Appreciate you for that. All right. Now, (laughs) Brother Blaze, (laughs) how are you being you in this moment? Right now, um, I, I most definitely like being much more intentional about how I'm moving and being more conscious about my thought patterns and the words that I'm using and my actions and my behaviors. And I'm really in the process of like just studying myself, just embracing myself and really challenging myself to face some fears, right? Get uncomfortable, accept the challenges um, and grow. I'm really in a stage of development right now. Like from last year to now, I am not the same person. Like when everything popped off, when we first lost Brother Floyd, I was homeless in that um, situation. And I was still outside um, protesting and things like that. And just having not 
not no structure, like a solid foundation back at home, right? But showing up in community and spaces and doing all these amazing things and being conflicted in that. So I had to take some intentional time off and start to build things. And um, I started to change my behaviors and I was able to get my own crib and get a car and be able to set up a foundation. But now I'm, I'm realizing the importance of time because time is going by kind of fast, right? So like I said earlier, time and choice, I'm most definitely valuing those things much more. Uh, I'm prioritizing, be, I'm becoming a better son, a better brother, right? Um, and, and just a better person, realizing that like, before, I, before we change the world, we gotta change ourselves. And I believe it starts at home, um, at home, because um, that we all got a story to tell. And I like to say, when people ask me, how you doing? I always respond like, I choose to be well, um, mm. because I acknowledge that it's not perfect. And I think it's time for us to start to be real with ourselves and get out of idealism and get to reality, you know, really get to reality. So I'm freeing myself from my vanity. And it all starts at home. And I feel like since I've been able to establish a home, I've been able to do that much more. So now I want to be known as somebody who was one of the most disciplined, determined, loving, genuine um, people out here. And it was just a spark of inspiration. And I believe that is the other side of my story. That is the legacy. And it is breaking those generational curses, building that generational wealth. And health is the wealth. And though we got to do it for ourselves, we're not in it by ourselves. So I love everyone else that is in here. You feel me? So, I love it. <laughs> I love how that just turned into some bars at the end. Right? <laughs> Start rapping. You can't even help it. And <laughs> well, in, in, in I've gotten a chance, you know, um, I, I, I'll be real honest. Um, we were in the midst of doing some of the organizing stuff on the ground and I've had these moments of anxiety breakthrough. Um, and one of the things that's been true ever since my classmate, Philando Castillo, was murdered is um, that if I do not have my wallet outside the house and I re as soon as I real make that realization, I am fighting anxiety. And I've been stretched and I'm having to take some things off the plate and kind of focus on self and do that kind of care. As you spoke to um, Brother Blaze, I'm often in positions of giving outward. I have, you know, I didn't understand how often I'd be called to pray in this moment just to keep folks covered, that I'd have a role like that to be called for in this. And so um, a, a sister who you know, you, you know, uh, you and I know well, Miss Tish Jones, she called me on something routine and she had no idea that when she called me to ask a question about something we're working on for the village project, that she helped get me home in the midst of a panic attack because I realized I did not have my wallet and I was racing home and my breath was starting to get away from me. Um, and she called me and, 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 and I had to, it, it, it stopped me. It, it stopped it. it. I was able to talk with her and she didn't know that her conversation got me home without hyperventilating. And it's something that sneaks up on me that I'm having to, having to deal with. But in the midst of these moments, um, it's the artists who are speaking. And who are who are being able to provide pictures and words, and and brother Blaze, I got to put you on blast too. You did a song with an artist. Um, is it pronounced Moromo or Moromo? Stimulate my mind. Yeah, yeah, Moromo. Yeah, yeah, stimulate yeah. my mind. In that song, you say, "Up all night, 
healing from all the heartbreaks up all night until my throat starts to ache. Then I remember that I got to spark a change. Aim at the brain because the mind could use some stimulation. It's hard to excel when you you inhale. Fighting temptations like David Ruffin, it'd be rough to keep the patience. So I just inhale bars. I just Mm. inhale and then exhale. Yeah, I vent through ventilation. There's a burning sensation deep inside, a bittersweet emotion, feeling dead and then alive. And there's no lie. Many of us failed plenty of times. Won't be free until you see we got the power to rise. Mm. That lyric, um, as I was pulling up in preparation for today, yet again, artists are speaking. And so in how I'm being me right now is I'm diving into the artists. I'm diving into things that folks have said prophetically throughout our history. And it's it's providing language and it's, it's providing pictures to how we can create the new. And that's that's where that's what's getting me through the day-to-day. How do we create the new? and not be trapped by by the old. We can still take the wisdom without getting trapped into our old patterns. And so right now I'm appreciating the artists. I'm appreciating the artists who are doing that for me. Man, I'm I'm appreciating you, brother. That that just really like man, that just really capped off my day. I'm in so much joy. I'm like, man, you just quoted the whole thing. And that's one thing as an artist, man, and writing some of these verses to be real with y'all, sometimes I don't write verses. Sometimes I just, you know, let let it out, right? Mm-hmm. And Moromo, he sent that song, and that was one of those nights I just let it out. So um, I find myself um, not listening to s- certain songs and things like that, right? And I'm always on to, like, the next creation, the next thing. Mm-hmm. So when somebody shares something that I did and... and um, it helps me remember. Like, I think it's important that we always remember to remember, right? So mm-hmm. like what you just did there, you just like helped me remember to remember. So, so Brother Blaze, you just heard that, we heard a track from you uh, in the beginning of our show. Can you tell us a little bit about that track and, 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 and contextualize that for us? So the Freedom Fighters song is actually something that I created before these uprisings and before this social justice spotlight came to Minnesota. Um, As an artist, I believe it's important to use the platform to push our culture, push our movement, right? Push our people. So I'm very intentional with um, what I talk about. And Freedom Fighter was honestly something that I I truly believe just came to me through the ancestors. And um, I I began speaking about losing African-American leaders who who were revolutionaries and who pushed for a change and um, just also explored the different struggles that we deal with politically, not only politically and from the system, but within ourselves. One of my favorite lines is that there's no justice from the outside that's only within. If more of our people see it that way, then we gonna win. I mean, we already won, but fell into victimhood, disconnected, miseducated, and so misunderstood. So um, just, um, again, pushing that notion of self-determination. So, um, yeah, that song, Freedom Fighter, it, it's on my album, Freedom Fighter Reloaded. Everybody could go get the album at louieblaze.com. That's L-E-W-I-E-E-B-L-A-Z-E.com. Or you can, even better, you can text Blaze at 33777. You feel me? It'll come right to your line. And we'll send some positive affirmations to you, let you know that you are valuable, you are lovable, you are powerful, and you are important. And that's really what Freedom Fighter is about. I, I featured brother Mayan Burrell. He's a brother who did 18 years for a crime that he did not commit. 
Um, so by the grace of God, he was able to be free recently. So really pushing him, uh, welcoming him, him back into the community with love. We were able to build. I featured another brother named Kevin Reese, um, who has somewhat of a similar story, and he does the movement until we are all free. I, I really just hope that my music could really create conversation and, um, you know, stimulate minds and help people think differently and ultimately help heal and reset, right? I hope they can just get a um, fresh breath of air when they listen to my music and just know that, that that's for the people. That's for the people. You know, and, and I'm so glad that you had uh, this moment uh, because I saw recently you had made a post about where you've heard your music and where you haven't heard your music. And uh, now your music has been heard in more places throughout Minnesota um, through this show. But I want to encourage you, um, you know, to not let that uh, dampen your light or not let that that weigh in your mind. Um, You're celebrated. You're loved. You're appreciated. um, And... and and I got to open up this toy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, it, you're valued, you know, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. I think like the devil will try to steal your joy uh, by, you know, kind of playing this trick on you like, oh, you know, uh, so-and-so is getting shine over here. And, you know, how come you're not being amplified in these certain places, um, man? But you got to take that stuff with a, a, a grain of salt, man. We have really um you've been a gem we we are we are better because of the artistry that you share with this community love y'all and appreciate y'all um thank you very much miss georgia <laughs> i mean you could go ahead and, and and take us out with that one um <laughs> you know this has been an awesome opportunity to sit and talk with you uh, young Black Man Rumble, artist in the community, front line, capturing the movement through words. Miss Georgia, capturing the front line as an independent journalist. I've just been, it's been a blessing to be able to just engage with y'all today. Go ahead and hit them with the, hit, hit them with the quote to end us out. In the words of Dr. Joy Lewis, may the revolution be healing. This has been Bearing Witness with Anthony and Georgia, a part of the Racial Reckoning Project, The Arc of Justice, a journalism project created and supported by Ampers, Diverse Radio for Minnesota's Communities, KMOJ Radio, and the Minnesota Humanities Center with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. As we build this bridge Drowning at the bottom of the well Using our voices for racial justice But it's not just us And it's not just you So until we are all free This is what we must all do We must all fight We must all unite We must all light Whatever light we have Until we are all free